Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Maps Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. And today, we are going to be getting into our first rendition of Mainstream Matinee or Mainstream Midday, whatever you want to call it. Essentially, shorter little segments. Um, we'll still be doing our regular post-game podcast. And when we have two days in between games, we'll still be doing podcasts then, of course. Um, but these are just going to be like shorter little game previews that we'll either hash out in the morning and... Hence, it'll be called Mainstream Morning in those instances. Or if we do a midday before a game, it'll be called Mainstream Matinee. We apologize for the lack of podcasts amidst this uh, stretch where the Mavericks played the Raptors and the Nets. The Mavericks won both of those games respectively on Friday night and Saturday or either Saturday night with the Raptors, Friday or Saturday night with the Raptors game and Monday night with the Nets. And the Mavericks play at 430 today versus the Orlando Magic. The game was moved up because of the impending Hurricane Nicole, which is set to hit the Florida area. We send our prayers and well wishes to everybody who may be affected by that. Um, Obviously a really unfortunate event, but luckily the Mavericks are still going to be able to get to play today, albeit uh, really drastically early start time. So we'll go ahead and preview that game. Um, Like I said, though, we just had some scheduling conflicts come up in terms of some things with Jaron and I that we hadn't quite hashed out, I guess, when we had started our podcast. But um, those things are all fixed now, so we'll be back to our normal rotation, and we will not be missing games and or anything of that elk. If anything, we are just going to be producing more content for you guys. Um, so, you know, without further ado, um, here's an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. And right after the ad, we will be getting into the Mavericks wins over the Raptors and Nets. Just going to, you know, a quick um, kind of just brief um, summation of those games, more so kind of just taking narratives to pull away. And then we'll be looking ahead to the game tonight versus the Magic. All right, Jaron. So getting into it, looking at these two games versus the Raptors and the Nets, the Mavericks, of course, continue with their fourth quarter clutch time woes they only beat the raptors by one point they let them get back in the game after being up double digits in the fourth quarter i believe at some point um and same type thing in the nets they uh versus the nets they were up by 11 in the few minutes left and they kind of let the nets creep back in uh, nonetheless though the mavericks were able to pull out uh victories in both of these games you know, in the Raptors case, the Raptors were missing Fred Van Vliet and Siakam got hurt halfway throughout the game, but that's still an impressive squad to get a win over nonetheless versus the Nets. The Nets, you know, obviously have the whole Kyrie drama and they just to be quite frank, don't look too good this year, given their defensive limitations. Um, but actually, you know, a low scoring affair here. Uh, the Mavericks were able to pull it out by two. The Mavericks did a really good job in this game of showing on the pick and roll, uh, particularly when Kevin Durant uh, was handling the ball in those scenarios and just trapping him in general, forcing him to become a passer. That was a big reason, you know, why the Mavericks were able to win this one so decisively, you know, without Kyrie out there 
especially with Ben Simmons' early season struggles, the Mavericks were able to, you know, really just key in on that one primary ball handler slash shot creator for the Nets, which was Kevin Durant. And, you know, it kind of led to a pretty easy game plan. Um, the Mavericks, of course, did experience some, some third quarter struggles um, before, you know, pulling away with it in the fourth quarter, um, even though they did have a little micro collapse in the fourth quarter. They were still able to come away with the victory um, fairly decisively once they were able to pull it out within those closing moments. Um, but we'd like to see them eliminate uh, these late game antics, of course. Um, I know, unfortunately, you weren't able to watch these two games. And, you know, we obviously prefaced at the beginning of the pod um, sort of the kind of weird week it's been for both of us, something that, um, you know, we're not going to really probably have happening on this podcast. So. Um, too much going forward at least so I know unfortunately you weren't able to watch these two games but what what sort of a uh, general takeaways do you have I guess just from a team and holistic standpoint from the Mavericks from these last two games yeah so you know you know I didn't wasn't able to watch these two games of course but it kind of seemed like the Raptors were kind of the one team that defensively had any ability to stop Luka uh, and Luka seemingly at will you know again what is it a nine game streak now where he's 30 points in i forgot to completely forgot to mention that luka Doncic it has nine straight games now of 30 plus points the second most in nba history only behind wilt chamberlain yeah so i i think he still has a ways to go to get first but nonetheless you know i think the raptors were probably one of maybe two teams defensively that could have disrupted luka even a little bit and, you know, to my knowledge, it, it kind of seemed like in the first quarter, it seemed like they were having some success at that. They're really the first team to have any sort of success defending Luka. Uh, I don't really know what kind of the game plan was, but as the game, you know, kind of progressed, I think Scotty Barnes got hurt. Um, he got hurt pretty know. early on, but he, yeah. um, especially in that fourth quarter, he was able to affect the game by virtue of almost everything else outside of um, him having an off shooting night. He was everywhere on the offensive glass. Um, he was honestly, especially once Siakam went down, easily their best playmaker and yeah. Fred Van Vliet out. Um, and he ended up posting a triple-double in this one. Um, I mean, he's the prototypical playmaking 3 and D player uh, of the future that, you know, these are the type of guys that are going to essentially dominate the league for years to come. I mean, I think he's on the – precipice of being really good so it was really fun to see him even though he was having an off shooting night yeah um maverick all-star and future maverick og ananobi posted a stat line of 27 points on four for six from the field 11 of 21 from um the field with five steals he uh he's another guy of that kind of sort of same elk in terms of his, uh, his play style, you know, I don't know if he has the sort of playmaking that a Scotty Barnes has the potential to have, um, you know, or the rebounding, um, but in terms of just being a 3 and D wing with the ability to attack off closeouts and actually make something happen with the ball. I mean, you can see why Mavericks fans are pining for this guy on Twitter um, in, in a lot of these fake trades. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're not going to debate if the Mavericks could get OG and Anobi in this game, you know, that would or in this podcast, like that would be, of course, pointless because, yeah, you know, that's something to look ahead to at the trade deadline. But uh, he, he was very impressive in this game, to say the least. No, yeah. I mean, without a doubt, you know, posting 
alone, I mean, five steals, you look at that and you're like, this guy can pretty much do it all. Uh, you know, it's just, I guess, a more consistency problem for him. Um, he's kind of got that uh, Karis Levert effect where he'll drop. What did Karis Levert? He dropped 40 points and then zero the next game or something like that. Well, I will say um, with OG, though, that this, the defense is always. The, yeah, the defense is always it. That's without a yeah. doubt. Uh, he came in a league known as the defensive player. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that that was evident in this uh, this game versus the Mavericks where they eventually won by one point. I to, Again, I mean, I didn't get to watch the game, but it kind of seemed like the Mavericks were winning this pretty easily with Siakam out. Uh, and then – Once Siakam went down, yeah, it definitely hampered the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Siakam did play 31 minutes in this game. He was getting a fairly high usage rate in this game. He did a really good – job kind of affecting the game at all three levels um you know not a completely out of the ordinary game for him I thought the Mavericks did a relatively good job especially in that third quarter um starting to contest on him more and just being more active with on him um there were some times especially in that first half where I thought the Mavericks looked really lazy on defense within this game but you know barring that um you know I don't know if the Mavericks win this if Siakam uh, yeah. doesn't play or if, if Siakam does play in that fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, you take a win where you can at this juncture in the season. Of course. And, I mean, the team at that point moved to five and three. Uh, well, that would have been a three-game win streak. You know, the, the team, um, I guess kind of a narrative kind of just going into these last two games was really Dwight Powell. Uh, we saw a lack of JaVale McGee minutes and rightfully so, you know, he's had a, a very, I guess, disappointing start to the season. We hope that doesn't continue, but I, at this point, I don't even think he should have a single minute in this rotation. But again, I think it's too early to pull a guy like that out of the rotation. Um, but yeah, I mean, really Dwight Powell, I think he's kind of the guy that has really stuck out to me minus Josh Green uh, in these last two recent games, at least. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, Dwight Powell started in that Raptors game. Then the, for whatever reason, despite him, you know, posting a pretty good night versus the Raptors, uh, Jason Kidd cited matchups as the reason that yeah. Powell sat against the Nets, which is a bit puzzling because I don't even know if like Claxton's not really a traditional big man in the sense of being a back to the basket guy, not, not somewhere where I think that you really need McGee. I mean, I, I do think obviously Claxton does kind of outmatch Dwight in terms of length and um, defensive versatility. Like that's without a doubt. Um, but I still think, you know, you take your chances with Dwight being able to match him at least to a degree as bad as JaVale played um, in both of these games. JaVale played four minutes in the Raptors game. He played the first three minutes of the Nets game where he started and then got pulled after after a play where he um, Luca um, essentially uh he got position on his defender right at about the elbow he got behind him it was an easy entry pass for a layup for Luca and JaVale threw it just completely out of bounds Luca said something towards the Mavericks bench and bench JaVale came out and never saw the floor again um so I know a lot of fans were compelled by that on Twitter um yeah but just the way JaVale's played in these last two games he's just essentially been a huge black hole on both ends of the ball. I mean, it's it doesn't even look really as much of it's a lack of ability. You know, I thought in those, because I know a lot of people are making the DeAndre Jordan comparison, and yeah. I honestly kind of shy away from that because uh, when DeAndre Jordan was in Dallas, I, I, you know, kind of 
like this, there were some kind of effort questions, but you could kind of tell that his athleticism had waned to an extent. I mean, JaVale at age 34 was producing really well with the Suns last year. I ran a thing up on Twitter and, you know, one guy showed me his stats at the Suns last year. He's actually, I mean, it, it kind of just seems like he almost looked lackadaisical out there. Like he's just not trying sometimes, um, you know, barring just the defensive things and the inability to slide his feet. Like, you know, he just doesn't look engaged on offense. He, you know, he's supposed to come in and actually set hard screens. You know, that's, you know, a part, a compelling part of his, uh, pick and roll game with Luca that you'd hope to be able to exploit for 10 to 15 minutes a game. And, you know, he's not really even doing that. And we thought that this guy was going to be a staple. Yeah. Uh, we thought that he was, we knew what we were going to be getting from him, his consistency as a vet. I mean, he hasn't proven otherwise in these last couple of years, he's been a very reliable backup center. I don't really know what's flipped the script, uh, script here, but I mean, he kind of just looks hesitant upon everything, you know, just in terms of rebounding, like there were possessions in that Nets game where he didn't even grab the ball. And um, I don't know. It's just kind of sad to see, but, you know, I, I, I don't know if Jason Kidd, you know, because it was kind of his offseason signing or whatever it is, it's going to continue to play him um, just a couple minutes a game, just for whatever reason. I don't agree with it, but it kind of is what it is. You know, I could see that persisting, but uh, needless to say, if he continues to play like this, he won't be getting much minutes at all regardless. No, yeah. I mean, there was multiple times the last year uh, where Aiton went out and the Suns confidently looked to McGee to start in, in the regular season, granted. Um, and they would confidently look for him to start. Like, it, it just doesn't seem at any point this year that there has been even a glimpse of, like, last year or the years past of JaVale McGee that we've we're, we're, we've become used to seeing. Uh, I mean, I don't, again, like you had mentioned, like, I don't know what happened. I'm guessing maybe some off-the-court issues or uh, something along the lines of effort. I don't know. Uh, but it's kind of embarrassing at this point because this was the one guy, I think, you know, whenever we look back into the offseason, you know, we talk about him. We're like, okay, we're, we know what we're getting out of this guy. There's There should be no worry. At, at the floor level, you know, he's going to be a really good backup center, probably give us a solid 10 to 15 minutes a game. And then at his ceiling, he was probably going to give us 20 minutes a game of like really solid starting center minutes. Uh, and we've seen neither of those. And uh, I mean, again, you just have to hope it picks up. Hopefully it's just a slow, slow start. But I mean, at this point, like, I don't even know if you want to call it a slow start. It's just like, he doesn't even look NBA ready to say the least. Like, I, I think that's, pretty clear in everyone's eyes like he just does not look like the nba player that he was once no uh, i mean years prior yeah no 100 percent uh it, it's really puzzling uh but you know let's give all credit to dwight powell he's came in yeah he's um, played he's, he's played as hard as he can you know dwight we see him you know especially particularly against point guards um or you know smaller wings you know while dwight does you know he's a more agile mobile center you know, he, we've talked at nauseam about, you know, his inability to kind of flip his hips on defense and, you know, his shorter wingspan. So obviously Dwight has his shortcomings, you know, against really huge centers and guards. He's obviously going to get worked defensively, but the effort he's put in these last couple games and his ability to actually, I thought he's played really good defense in terms of, you know, when he gets matched up against guys that have relatively similar size and metrics to him and, speed he actually is like pretty good in my opinion it was just due to you know sheer effort um he's had a, he's even had like i in the last game versus the nets he had a uh he had a um 
kind of where he stepped up and helped on a uh, Joe Harris block. And, you know, that's something you really don't see out of Dwight. You know, every occasionally he'll um, kind of, you know, he'll be able to lock up his man. But, you know, the fact that he was able to be a help defender and, you know, just go straight up for a block like that, uh, that was actually pretty impressive in my opinion. Um, so, you know, Dwight's been playing his ass off and he's looked really good in the pick and roll with Luca. They have the highest net rating together out of any two, um, out of any loot. I know, I don't quote me on the fact that it's any two Mavericks together this season, but I know for a fact out of any, uh, you know, one, two combo with Luca this year, Dwight Powell and Luca have the highest net rating. And then secondly, Josh Green and Luca have the highest net rating in terms of uh, Luca with another player lineups. Uh, that, that could just be, um, the lineups with the Mavericks as a whole, but I, um, I can't remember to the exact extent, the exact extent. So don't quote me on that, but nonetheless, he's played amazing. Um, just, I love the the way the Mavericks are using him right now and sort of just yeah. kind of just like, you know, coming in playing 20, 25 minutes a game, um, you know, letting Maxi relieve the defensive pressures from him. They'll play him with Maxi at times and letting Christian Wood eat up some time. Um, we'll get into Christian Wood a little bit in this one too. He's looked kind of interesting, um, but just to cover Dwight, I mean, he's obviously looked amazing. Um, we can't say enough about Luca. He's yeah, as expected coming in at all three levels on offense, just affecting the game um, immeasurably. Um, shooting last two games particularly, um, he shot good from the three. He's been making his free throws. Um, he's been playmaking like off the charts. Rebounding really well, even in that Nets game, he had really good defense. Um, really not too much more you can ask from him. I thought he should have won player of the week in the West. Um, yeah, I, don't I mean, we could we could salivate over Luca all day, but, you know, just due to time constraints, we unfortunately are not going to be able to do that today. But We could do a whole podcast on Luca. Every, every for every post game, we could do a whole podcast diving into Luca's game, just him by himself. Yeah, him by himself. Yeah, like we could fill 30 minutes of that. I guarantee it with as bad as me and Jaron get filling time sometimes, we could easily do it. Um, but, yeah, anyways, so I really liked how he played in these, these last two games. Um, Reggie Bullock, huge struggles these last two games. A combined – let's see. Reggie Bullock in these last two games – is a combined 0 for 8 from 3, and he is a combined 1 for 12 from the field. Um, his jump shot, just nowhere to be found. Now, he's looked fine defensively uh, uh, as he uh, has throughout his tenure with the Mavericks, but this whole narrative that's persisting about his early season shooting struggles that you know dates back to last year when it took him till January, the turn of the year, to sort of catch heat, it's, uh, it's not good. Um, and we'll get into what happened in the Nets game with Josh Green and everything, but yeah. you know, you'd hope to see more out of Reggie, to say the least. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, without a doubt, like a guy who you rely on to be, I guess, before Josh Green's emergence, I guess we can call it now. Uh, you know, he was really relied upon to be that second 3 and D kind of guy in the starting lineup and really the second on the team. Uh, and for, you know, last season, his big struggle was that start of the season shooting. It seems like it is trickling into this season. Um, I mean, you got to hope he picks it up eventually at some point in the season. Um, 
it, it's just, you know, one thing's clear to me, like the defense is, is always there. It's always going to be there. It, it was always there last year, even whenever he was having his struggles shooting the ball. But, you know, at some point, you know, you got to rely on this guy to have to relieve some sort of. Sorry, to relieve some sort of three point shooting uh, on this team, which, you know, Dorian, you know, thankfully he's picked up defense or thankfully he's picked up three point shooting wise uh, throughout, as the season has gone. Uh, but, you know, Reggie is eventually got to pull some sort of shooting, uh, hopefully here soon rather than later. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, I know Mavs fans are pining for Josh Green to get more time than Reggie, which I think is a very valuable argument, one that I even tend to agree with at this standpoint. We haven't even gotten to Josh Green. We're going to save him for the end of the pod. Um, but, you know, I, Reggie's still going to be in the rotation regardless if Josh Green plays over him or not. You know, he may play less minutes in that instance, but he still is – he has to be part of this rotation. You know, him hitting his shots, you know, he's be, he's fine defensively right now. If he can just shoot – then, you know, this Mavericks team may start actually blowing some of these games that they should be taking care of easily out of the water. Um, just looking at how Dorian's played over these last two games, I thought he's played great. He's looked a lot more aggressive offensively. He's been attacking off closeouts, running in transition, getting some fast break points, along with, you know, some good three-point shooting at 18 points in that Nets game. Defense has looked really good. You know, he had to obviously had the primary task of Kevin Durant a lot in that Nets game. Um, at times in that Raptors game, um, he had to match up with any of the three wings in terms of Barnes, Ananobi, and uh, Siakam. And none of those guys are easy guards, obviously, nor is Kevin Durant. And, you know, while the Mavericks did trap and show a lot on pick and rolls, um, on times where Dorian had to guard Kevin Durant straight up one-on-one, he did his best. Um, it is Kevin Durant at the end of the day. He'll make whatever the hell he shoots. Yeah. But – um, he's looked really good defensively. I think both of the Bang Bros kind of there was well, a little, just a little bit of a rumbling in terms of, particularly after that New Orleans game, they kind of had some bad defensive game. But that I knew that they would regress back to the mean. They've both played uh, really good defensively. I, I think obviously Reggie continues to, with the shooting struggles that you know are starting to maybe affect his spot in this rotation. Not him playing in the rotation, but where he is in this rotation. Um, but yeah, I know Dorian looked really good offensively at 18 points. Um, honestly, probably the best Dorian game to date this season in that Nets game. Um, I know we're kind of just bouncing all over the place. Um, in terms of that Nets game, yeah, um, it was kind of just a one uh, from looking at the other side of things. It, it was kind of just a one man show from KD. I mean, I thought Royce O'Neal, interestingly enough, had a really good game. Uh, he had some drives that were kind of intriguing. Claxton was dominating the Mavericks bigs. Um, in route to a 10 point and 14 rebound showing he really outplayed Christian Wood in the minutes where they were matched up against each other, which was kind of discouraging. Um, and Joe Harris had an okay shooting night, but barring that the Nets just really didn't get any help. So that kind of led to there. Um, and uh, they kind of fizzled out. And of course, you know, Ben Simmons in 16 minutes at two points got crossed over by Luca, <laughs> um, you know, with all the Ben Simmons, fake trade discourse on Mavericks Twitter. Uh, I just thought that was really funny. Cam Thomas did come in and have a good offensive game with 19 points. You know, he's a guy who can definitely fill it up in spots. But, um, you know, the Nets are definitely kind of a lost cause right now just in terms of trying to acclimate all these guys amidst the whole Kyrie saga. Um, I, I I do not envy Jacques Vaughn, who was just today named Nets head coach over Ime Odoka, um, who was 
long thought to be their hire, but amidst the whole Kyrie situation, they, I think, rightfully did not um, hire him. So, anyhow, um, I think the last two kind of, or, you know, we haven't really talked about Spence. Um, Spence had a really bad game versus the Nets. He went one for eight and had four turnovers and wrapped to two points. Just didn't look like aggressive as he usually is. I mean, yeah, he had five assists, but I thought lots of those were via just general ball movement and um, within the flow of the offense. They didn't really look – they weren't necessarily like playmaking possessions. They were more like Luca gets in the paint, kicks it out to him, and, you know, he just swings it to the corner and makes the easy pass to assist. Um, but in the Raptors game, uh, Spence was huge. He was in the closing lineup. Yeah, he went eight for 17 from the field, um, had seven assists, 21 points. I think what a lot of people could argue is best uh, game is a Maverick. And, you know, I think what's been fun to kind of see is that Spence, his shooting hasn't gone away whatsoever in these um, games, which has been really cool um, because there was obviously a lot of talk about his shooting regressing to the mean uh, after his, you know, him shooting like above 40% in his stretch with the Mavericks, you know, something he's never done. Um, at the tail end of last season when he came over from Washington, he's never done that in his career. And, you know, for it to at least continue to persist right now, I don't know how long it's going to be, but, you know, I'll take it. I mean, he looks confident. He's at least make, making one or two of those um, sort of like weird step back pull-ups that he takes every game. And, you know, it's slowly turning from a no, 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 yes shot to, you know, I can live with that type shot. Um, so that's been nice to see. You know, I, I guess we just kind of label this, game versus the Nets as a one-off game for Dinwiddie because, you know, he had posted in double figures basically every game before that this season. Um, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. He may have just had an off night. Uh, you know, hopefully we see him be more aggressive um, in this game versus Orlando today because the Mavericks will need it. Um, and, you know, by segue of that, let's go ahead and get into Tim Hardaway Jr.'s game. Tim Hardaway Jr., another really rough shooting night in that Raptors yeah. game. But in the Nets game, he was able to turn it around and he, Both posted, games. <laughs> yes, he posted a um, four for eight stat line with 11 points, really good game for him until he got hurt due to the slippery court. Um, and Christian Wood, I believe also got hurt due to the, the slippery court. Um, Christian Wood didn't get to play too much. He didn't really look like insanely aggressive in that Raptors game. He posted um, 13 points on five of eight shooting in the Raptors game. Um, but, I, you know, there were I guess you could argue that he should have played more at times within that game. But I thought that really in that game, the Dwight Powell minutes were. Especially in the fourth quarter, were really doing the Mavericks justice and kind of helped them maintain that lead in the end. So I understand not playing wood late into the game, um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when the Mavericks do make that adjustment if they do. But. Uh, Christian Wood versus the Nets had a really bad game. He had four turnovers, six points on three of nine shooting. Um, and then he got hurt in the fourth quarter um, where he basically slipped as he was kind of trying to pivot on a drive. Um, and he apparently has a left knee sprain. So we'll continue to monitor that. He did not travel with the team to Orlando, so he will not be playing today, unfortunately. But um, – Nonetheless, I mean, I the whole Christian Wood thing is really weird because, you know, he just comes out with this red hot start for the season and then all of a sudden he's just kind of stalling off. I mean, yes, 
a limited minutes, the non-starting, could that have something to do with that? There's an argument to be made there. Um, but he's even at times, you know, I thought he hasn't been closing out too well on defenders in terms of, you know, shooting. I mean, I think he's been decent on ball, but particularly just in terms of defensive rotations, he's looked kind of lazy uh, in some of these games. Do you think any of this has to do with Jason Kidd's uh, comments about Christian Wood affecting his confidence or anything like that? No, I mean, it would, if anything, I feel like it would kind of make him more motivated. I think it's just kind of a lack, not even a lack. I think it's just more of maybe getting caught up into, you know, what am I on this team kind of role. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it's a big mental effect on a guy like that. You know, he's he's used to starting. He's used to playing these big minutes with these pretty bad teams. Uh, he gets on a good team, and I feel like – pretty confidently in the offseason, you know, you could say you can make an argument that he was the team's second best player. Uh, And then, you know, getting announced six man or I guess coming off the bench uh, and sort of this weird up and down sort of start to the season where, you know, he's playing big minutes, um, shooting the ball really well, getting some valuable minutes. And then sort of like every other game, just kind of not seeing the floor as much. Uh, a lot of things getting blamed on him by the by the coaching staff, or I guess Jason Kidd in particular. Um, it's just, I think, a weird start for him. I think he's still figuring out his place here. Uh, I feel like if his, you know, play style had been more consistent to start the season, I feel like we'd have more questions to answer there. Uh, but it's been a little up and down. I feel like the ups have been way higher than the downs. Um, but I mean, without a doubt, the game versus the Nets was for sure a down. It just kind of seems like the Nets have a perfect little defensive rotation that they can put on Christian Wood to disable him. Uh, we saw it in the first game and we clearly saw it here. And unfortunately, he got hurt in that fourth quarter. Um, but it kind of seems like, you know, the Nets did a really good job about disrupting him. And I believe he only had five points in that Nets game. Um, and, you know, I think that kind of speaks to a little defensive rotations here and there. Uh, but, you know, of course, I think without a doubt, like any, we want to see more out of him. Uh, unfortunately, he had this injury come up, so he won't be able to. If I had to guess, like I don't want to put a timetable, but I would probably say a week or two. Um, like anytime you hear a sprain, I feel like that's over a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, we want to see more of a consistent start. So, well, I guess we'll see more um, really without him here. Like we'll see what we kind of get or what we're missing, I guess we should say, because uh, this will be his first game out for the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I guess just, it, I, I would contribute it to like this sort of wavy kind of start, uh, where it's just kind of these up and down little games. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I hope that he's able to get back on track as soon as he comes back, but I think you definitely made some good points there. Um, regarding the nets, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I just could be Nick Claxton sort of length disrupting him in some of these games, I don't, I don't think the Nets have a really good defense as a whole. I mean, they're honestly probably one of the worst defenses in the league, um, especially with Ben Simmons' start to the year. But um, I don't know, maybe Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton sort of have a knack for disrupting him. So uh, I, that could be a part of it. Um, but anyhow, interesting to see him. Before we end the podcast, of course, we have to talk about the sugar glider, Josh yes, Green, who has came out and he – in the last game versus the Nets, he posted a five of five uh, clip from the field, 16 points plus 11, two for two from three, four for four from the free throw line, uh, five rebounds, two assists. Um, what are your thoughts on Josh Green in this Raptors and Nets game? Just his whole surge to start the season. Uh, he's percentage wise 
the technically the best three point shooter within the NBA. Um, I just am intrigued to, you know, I know you haven't got to watch these games, but what have you so seen from him in terms of being able to affect the game uh, defensively and then be honestly a very big net positive on offense, just in his ability to um, attack off of closeouts, provide some cross court passing for the Mavericks. Um, he's been hitting his threes really well. I mean, this just, this guy seems like, you know, something the Mavericks don't have really at this point, a uh, three and D wing who also has the ability to um, do a little more offensively than just the, the base um, shooting straight from the corner. And I mean, Dorian can do that at times, but I mean, I think Josh is even a little more skilled than him. Um, I, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on how he's played. I mean, this guy was talking trash to KD last game. It just seems like a total <laughs> flip from his first two years in the league. Yeah. So I, I think it's safe to say the hype is real. Um, you know, the big question is, is he coming for Reggie's starting spot? Um, I, I think we need to have a handful more of games like he did against the Nets to see that. Um, but I mean, for real, like Josh Green has played amazing. You know, you had mentioned just a second ago that he is, by virtue of numbers, the best shooter in the league right now. Uh, I, I don't, I think there was like some crazy stat where it was like 92% from um, the field or something like that, I want to say. Um, 92% from the field? I don't mean, I don't, it, it, may, it may have been, I, I feel like it was 92% from something uh, or for something. Uh, but I mean, without a doubt, like he's making dang near over half of his threes that he's shooting. Uh, I don't know. I don't quite know how many he shot against the Nets. Uh, but like you had said, you know, he a went crazy game versus the Nets. He shot what? He went two for two versus the Nets. Two for two. Yeah. Okay. So like, and you know, most of his points, you know, I, okay. So, you know, going two for two from three, you know, I think early in the season, like he's become this sort of reliable shooter in a sense and seeing that, you know, he's scoring majority of his points, at least in this Nets game, you know, going via paint. Uh, he had a few, a few times I know, uh, where it kind of looked a little old Josh Greenish, where he just kind of went into the paint without any intent. Uh, but without a doubt, you know, I think it's it's changed. Uh, the script has definitely flipped to where, you know, he's looking to score whenever he does drive. And even whenever he shoots, it, it you know, we've kind of said this multiple times on the podcast, but every time he shoots, you know, it's always confident, uh, whether he's 0 for 2 or 1 for 3 or whatever it may be, you know, he's shooting the ball with confidence. Uh, clearly, you know, making two for two from three, you know, he's taking smart shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, like he's not taking uh, these stupid fouls, I guess you should say like in a, in a sense, like his defense has improved too, which is I less think gambling. It's yeah. It's less. Yeah. There you go. Like it's less gambling. Being able to uh, stand front of the guy, like using his physical tools. Cause he's always has the physical tools to be a really good defender. Yeah. He's just been too aggressive. Uh, he's find a, he's found a way to hone in that aggressiveness and, you know, really use it to his advantage now. You know, I think he's able to stay in front of the uh, the Kyries, the um, these these sort of point guards that, you know, you're known for being fast. Uh, we may not see Kyrie again, but nonetheless, he's able to stay in front of those kind of guys. Uh, and really, you know, Reggie was kind of the guy that you looked at to be the the primary ball defender, the ball defender. Uh, now I think that you can kind of look at Josh Green. And I think that's why this sort of starting lineup question isn't, isn't really. Yeah, I mean, the Mavericks close this game. With Luca, Josh Green, Dwight Powell, Maxi, and Dorian, and just Josh Green's ability to attack off of closeouts and sort of these cross court passes he's able to make, and 
you know, they were using him in the pick and roll with Luca, Josh Green's ability to maybe pass out of the short roll. I mean, these are all like really intriguing aspects about his game. And I think that, that closing lineup, you know, it, it, if Josh Green's playing like this, which I don't know how consistent this can be, that gives you abil- the ability to, you know, run him out there and, um, you know, relieve Dinwiddie in some of these lineups. I'm not saying that he's the secondary playmaker by any means. I'm not trying to overhype Josh Green, okay? But he adds a different sort of dynamism to this Mavericks team that we really haven't had. And, you know, I'm definitely all aboard the hype train. Like we've already covered his, just how multifaceted he's been just in terms of his ability to do everything, how fast he's getting out in transition, his passing, his defense. I mean, he's just a huge net positive for the Mavericks. He's a plus 80 on the season so far. Wow. His whole, his whole um, net uh, plus minus to start the year. I tweeted that out the other day. Um, so, I mean, he's honestly just played amazing. There's no other way to put it. I think, obviously, there's the argument to be made that sooner or later, I tweeted this, that he is going to really put himself in a position to take some of Reggie's minutes, especially with the way Reggie's playing right now. I mean, in my opinion, he should. I don't know how drastic head coach Jason Kidd will make that uh, switch in terms of putting Josh Green in the starting lineup over Reggie, but he definitely warrants more minutes, and he should be playing over Reggie if Reggie's playing like he is right now and Josh is playing like he is right now. I feel like there's no debate. And, uh, you know, just the fact that the Mavericks have a 21-year-old guy doing this who actually has some potential after, you know, his first two years kind of looking mediocre and, eh, I mean, it's just uh, huge for our asset management going forward in the future. Um, Do you have anything else regarding it? No, I mean, yeah, like uh, you brought up a good point. It it, it is huge for asset management. This is a guy that really we kind of thought was redundant at this point, and he's really looked really good this season to start it. No, exactly. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the preview. We, this one's ran a little longer than we uh, expected. These midday um, pods are not usually going to be this long, but, you know, with us having missed two games, obviously we went a little over. Um, but the Mavericks will be playing the Magic today at 4.30, as we prefaced uh, amidst the Hurricane Nicole uh, tragedy. The game's getting moved up. Um, so for the Magic, they are essentially almost missing everybody, just like in that first Mavericks game. So, the Mavericks are definitely in another must-win scenario despite being on the first night of a back-to-back, um, just as they were within that first game. Um, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Wagner, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Kavon Harris, all out for the Magic today. Paolo Bancaro is questionable. So, I mean, the Magic, again, missing almost their whole lineup. And, you know, even if they do run out of their whole starters, I mean, they're still a young, younger team. Not saying that they're not talented, but the, the Mavericks definitely have the, uh, I think, the veteranship and the mental fortitude to dis, dismay this Magic team, even when they're at their full strength. So the Mad, Mavericks can't play around despite it being a first night of back-to-back. Luka's got to come in engaged. This can't be some game where he does just doesn't try and on defense because, you know, there's some guys on that roster that can heat up really quickly, especially Paolo, if he gets going. I mean, he didn't even get going in that well. It was arguably his worst performance of the year when he played the Mavericks in that first game, just having an off-shooting night. So if he gets going, it could be a long night for the Mavericks. And, you know, we just hope that they, they finally get a game where they don't get caught with their pants down. You know, barring that, I guess, sort of outlier of the 41-point game versus the Grizzlies uh, during the home opener, the Mavericks have just played a clutch game. The, I think by definition, the Mavericks have played a clutch game in every game since then. So they need to start building some sort of consistency, put away a bad team. Today is the day to do it. 
the Mavericks are going to be missing Davis Bertans, of course, with his right knee effusion. Tim Hardaway Jr. is questionable the last I checked on the injury report. And um, Christian Wood is out as we had, as a as aforementioned. So uh, hopefully Tim plays because that bench unit could be severely hampered just in terms of its ability to score. But I think that this could definitely lead to some more Josh Green minutes. Uh, maybe we'll get a crack at uh, Tyler Dorsey or Jaden Hardy in this one if Tim's out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but needless to say, do you have any other thoughts on this uh, upcoming game today, uh, barring that the Mavericks need to get it together and put it away? Yeah, I mean, it's an early game. It'll be a little weird start for, I think, both teams. Uh, but let's just hope 4.30 p.m. Central time. Yeah, 4.30 p.m. Central time. Of course, you know, you mentioned it was moved up because of the hurricane. Uh, but let's just hope this isn't a repeat of the last time we played on a first night of a back-to-back. Uh, let's really hope it's not that scenario um you know i think that this team can confidently put this team away i think this the mavericks finally are getting some traction as the season is going along uh and i think that this could be interesting i think there could be a lot of takeaways from this game uh regarding you know what we can see you know of course tim hardaway if he doesn't play i think we get to see a lot of josh green minutes um but yeah i mean let's just hope for another mavericks win seven and three yeah we apologize for this one going a little longer than expected um, but for those of you guys who are listening so far, we thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at mainstream underscore Mavs. Give us a five-star rating on Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Um, we're excited to continue to uh, grow with you guys. We appreciate all the support and we will catch you guys in the next one. We will, the next matinee or midday or morning rendition of mainstream Mavs podcast will be a lot shorter than this one. Um, obviously the, our whole scheduling conflict and everything and the two days, there are two games that we didn't cover have definitely set us back, but, um, you know, we will definitely be back on track in terms of these podcasts being a lot, uh, smaller and, you know, still our normal length of pods on our, um, post-game pods or, uh, nighttime podcast. But, um, barring that, we will catch you guys in the next one. Um, after the Ma- magic game today, actually, we will be podcasting tonight, um, And we will see you guys then. Bye-bye.